My name is A.B. Ridgeway. I'm the host of Financial Advisor. Say the darndest things of my mom's favorite Christian financial advisor. And today, brothers and sisters, we are going to talk about savings. We will discuss how much you should keep in your savings account, how to plan out your savings goal, and I'll give you three things you should consider when determining what you should save for. In the last episode, we talked about your expenses and how to track them. We spoke about discretionary and non-discretionary expenses, and we discussed how to free up your cash flow so you can direct your money to the things you wanted and away from those money drainers. Just for reference, it was episode number 189, How Christians Can Track Their Expenses and Save More for Retirement. So now that you actually have some extra money, how much money should you have in your savings account? You'll hear most people throw around random numbers, and in most cases, numbers just to impress their friends. Uh, I keep a quarter million dollars in my savings account, or I keep at least $100,000 in a couple of banks around town, you know, just in case. Well, unless your bills are $50,000 a month, you may be saving too much. And we know sometimes too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. You don't have to go far when looking up how much you should save before you see the six to nine months of monthly expenses number. It has been a general rule for decades, but like anything in finances, things change. In financial terms, that six to nine month savings, we call that an emergency fund. Now, don't let the terminology trick you. Your emergency fund can be a savings account. So what is an emergency fund? Well, an emergency fund is a cash reserve that serves as a fallback plan in case of a job loss, unexpected medical expenses, um, an injury requiring time off work, large expenses like replacing an air conditioner or an inconvenient car repair. So like we said, traditionally, we recommend six to nine months of monthly expenses. So if you followed our podcast and came up with your monthly expenses, let's say it was $10,000, then you would want $60,000 to $90,000 in a savings account just for emergencies. This can be your first saving goal for your retirement. And there's no surprise that Americans recently have hit over $1 trillion in consumer credit card debt. And I think I know why. Because instead of creating an emergency fund, they relied on their credit card for emergencies. I'm going to open up this credit card and if something comes up, I'm just going to put it on the credit card and I'll pay it off later. And at 20 and 25 percent and other varying interest rates, consumers saw themselves deeper and deeper in debt, paying two and sometimes three times the amount of the initial emergency. But this is not going to be us, right, brothers and sisters? Because when times are good, like right now, we are going to save and have money ready for the unexpected. So how do you plan out your savings goal? Well, there are a few steps you will want to take, and we will briefly discuss them here. The first is that you're going to determine how many dependents you have. Are you a family of two, a family of three, four, eight? The more people that rely on your income, the higher you need your saving goals to be. If you're single, six months may be enough savings. But if you have a family of six, you may need nine months or maybe even 10 or 11, especially if you're expecting a new child. Two. Determine how many streams of income you have. If you're married and both of you work, then that's two streams of income. If you have rental property, that'll be a third. Depending on your circumstances, you may be receiving Social Security and or a retirement distribution as well. The higher the number of incomes, the less you need in savings. Because if your wife or husband loses their job, you still have two or three streams of income to cover expenses until you get back onto your feet. If you are a sole earner, you will have to start digging in that emergency fund when times get tough 
and time is of the essence. So the higher your savings rate, the more comfortable you will feel in trying times. Three, put all the extra money to work. Now, once you reach your emergency fund goal, there is one more step. You want to create a sunken fund. Now, a sunken fund is closely related to non-discretionary expenses. Remember we said that you have to pay your mortgage, you have to pay your car loan, and you have to pay for lights and gas, right? Those are non-discretionary. Well, a sunken fund is a savings account for things you know you'll have to pay for in the future. This can be a new refrigerator, a new washer and dryer, a new air conditioner, or maybe even insurances that may escalate year over year, property insurance, life insurance, things of that nature. More specifically, high ticket items that will throw a wrench in your finances if they just happen to pop up in a April or a March or a June, right? Air conditioners sometimes can be ten dollars to $20,000 per unit to replace if outside of the warranty. So having a sunken fund to supplement your emergency fund can give you some peace of mind, especially in the summertime. So as we said, the extra money can be put to work. We'll discuss that on a different episode because this has to do with investment savings and maybe too much for this episode. So as we wrap up, let me give you three things you should consider when setting your savings goal. One, you're going to start small and focus on a percentage and not a dollar amount. People get overzealous and say, I'm going to save $600. I'm going to save $1,000 or $2,000 per month. And that second month, when an emergency comes up, they give up. When you set a percentage of your discretionary income, money left over after bills, you can always contribute to your savings goal. If your savings goal is 10%, even if you have an emergency, you can still save 10% of even a dollar. 10 cent goes in. The idea is we want to build confidence and we want to build consistency. Number two, as your expenses increases, so should your savings account. You may need to revisit this amount annually to make sure you aren't experiencing lifestyle creep. Meaning, when your income goes up, so does your expenses. If you find yourself with more money, make sure you make those adjustments. Because if your income increases and your lifestyle increases, you never will feel like you're getting ahead and you will always feel behind. Number three, look for high yield savings account. When money is sitting in a savings account, it's not 100% safe. You may not lose a physical dollar, but you are losing what they call purchasing power, meaning what you can buy with that dollar. So $250,000 sounds great. It sounds like a lot of money. But with inflation, it can quickly limit what you can actually buy in the future. With a high yield savings account, you can slow down the effects of inflation. Rates will vary by bank, but don't be afraid to shop around. There are no tax implications for moving your savings account from one bank to another. Remember, this is your money. Loyalty is great, but even a 2% difference on $250,000 is guess how much? $5,000. Is loyalty worth $5,000? Now, these are arbitrary numbers, but once again, the differences can be high from a regular savings from a high yield savings. For me, <laughs> there ain't enough water and free peppermints that will have me pass up $5,000 extra dollars. Brothers and sisters, it says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you yet do it with gentleness and respect. This is talking about Christ, but as Christian investors, 
When we prepare our savings for emergency, it gives us hope for the future. We can defend it. I'm asked, how do you achieve financial freedom? And I say it's simple. Just create multiples of your lifestyle. And you can do this by either saving more or making more an income and maintaining your lifestyle. So, for example, if you need $50,000 per year to live and you have $250,000 saved, that is a five time multiple. And every 50,000 you make is another multiple if you keep expenses the same. That is how you build financial freedom, because you know in your hearts of heart, if the world was stopped as it did in 2020, that you can live five to six years without worrying about your mortgage payment or your car payment or your lights and your gas, your non-discretionary expenses. You don't have to worry about making another dime. It gives you the freedom to make choices that are going to be right for your family. That includes job options and that includes purchases. So it doesn't matter how much you make per year, but how much you can live off of without going broke. So make sure that you subscribe because on the next episode, we're going to discuss what is your financial priorities and how do you allocate your resources accordingly. Over the past couple of episodes, we have found our discretionary income, we set savings goals, and now we're going to set some financial priorities so that we know the money we save is going to be in the right places. So remember, plan out your savings goals by determining the number of dependents, determining the number of incomes, then putting all the extra money to work. We learned about emergency funds and sunken funds. We discussed the three things you should do when saving. Start small and save a percentage of your income. Review your savings rate annually and look at high yield savings account. I know it's a lot, so just be sure to re-listen if you miss anything. Also, make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. As a certified private wealth advisor professional with over a decade of experience, I have helped Christians create financial plans that combine their faith and their finances. We help clients reach their financial goals and their savings goals by organizing their finances so they can live the life God has called them to live. Because we all strive to be what? Good stewards of God's wealth. Well, that is it for me. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. I hope that you've been blessed. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgeway, owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should have God in it. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. New episodes are available every Friday, so be sure to subscribe. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Or simply visit our website and join our family. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. Elijah Ridgeway is an investment advisor representative and owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor which produces a podcast show and makes it available on its website and through other distribution channels. Elijah Ridgeway and any guests on the podcast are providing their own views and opinion are not necessarily the views and opinions of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management. Nothing on the podcast should be construed as solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any specific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management client pursuant to a written investment management agreement. Clients of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management may hold positions and securities discussed in the podcast. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money. 
Financial advisors say the Darnest Team podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for any investment decisions. Instead, please consult a financial advisor, accountant, attorney, and or conduct your own due diligence.